The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. Hello, welcome in. Happy Thursday. Is it Thursday it's today? It's Thursday. Oh my goodness gracious. And it's, wait, good news and bad news. It's, it's Groundhog's Day. Did you hear? I, listen, actually, fun fact. Um, I'm in Apex, North Carolina, the peak of good living. That's our tagline. And um, our groundhog retired. So this oh, year they no. brought an armadillo. Our mayor Stop brought it. the armadillo <laughs> to do the Groundhog's Day. I don't know. If I don't that know. Works. <laughs> Anyone else? Anyone else have a, a random animal instead of a groundhog today? I don't know. Is this an Apex thing? Tell us where you're tuning in from. Um, let us know in the chat. Oh, I didn't know that other, I thought the Puxitoneville was the only one that there was. Yeah. I didn't know that there were other, other people that did it also. Right. Um, and I guess like we have multiple in the area, very strange. Um, but Puxitoneville, it's on a bucket list <laughs> item for me. Wow. Okay, but so did you hear the results? It's Groundhog's day. You know, I don't, this seems backwards to me, but apparently he did see his shadow. So we have six more weeks. He went back into hiding for winter. But I feel like if you see your shadow, that means that there's sun out. So to me, that seems like a good sign. Oh, but it you're scared. He's, it scares him, right? I don't know. Oh, is that we, what it any is? any um, experts <laughs> in the chat? We yeah, need please. to know. <laughs> we need to know. Um, I see. I love all of the chats coming in. If you could switch your chat to everyone instead of just hosts and panelists, that way we can all talk as a group together. That would be awesome. But I am so, so excited to be here today. We have a, a real treat. This has been, um, oh, and you know what? My computer, of course, just wants to have some technical issues. So as you guys are refreshing your uh, chat to tell us everyone um, where you're calling in from, I want to introduce my counterpart here, Amber. Amber Listen, if you haven't met Amber, she's a performance coach. She coaches enterprise sellers. And Amber, like you have this magical way about you, you <laughs> helping successful professionals like tap into their confidence and get clarity on where they're headed. So I'm so glad to be here with you today. It's such a delight. I was telling my audience on LinkedIn, I was like, I know it seems like kind of a downer subject to talk about and fosters in it, but I promise this is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. It definitely will be a lot of fun and everyone joining on the chat. It'll be fun for us too. We're going to like, let's have, let's have this conversation. Um, before we jump in a couple of housekeeping items here, uh, leveling up this year in 2023, I don't know if everyone else is seeing the same thing, but with everything going on, if you're looking to level up your skills, join in, we're doing free shows every single day. Um, our membership has access to tra training and resources. So check it out, sellbetter.xyz, or you can scan that QR code on the screen so that uh, you can see everything we've got going on here. And just another quick shout out to our partner today is Vidyard. If you're not using Vidyard already, they help you create um, and share personalized videos. I use it throughout my entire sales process to prospect all the way through relationship management. For me, it's uh, conveying my tone and my intention in my messaging just one step further than an email. Also, if you want to take a peek, I have this really awesome free download here for you. Oh, there you go. They got the 
They got that one just in case. This is the best sales triggers, um, also known as compelling business events. Awesome resource, what to look for, and then seven different strategies on how to use it, the why behind each one, and even some suggested messaging. So if you're looking for that, there it is in the chat. So Amber, we're talking about mindset, imposter syndrome, defining what we can do next. You mentioned to me when we were chatting earlier this week, how common this is in successful people, not just sales reps, but in successful people. Mm -hmm. Tell me how often you're seeing this theme come up in your coaching. It's, um, it's, Anybody who's accomplished anything worthwhile experiences some version of imposter syndrome. And I'm finding that um, when I talk to somebody, what's really kind of cool about, um, I actually, today is the five-year anniversary of my business. So oh, after talking with- I know, anniversary. Thank you. Um, so after talking with hundreds of clients, uh, I can tell within five minutes what exactly is holding somebody back. Mm. And if I meet with somebody and they tell me, I just have had imposter syndrome my entire career without knowing anything else about them. I know that it's because their career trajectory has been like a hockey stick. They have grown very, very quickly in their career. They've progressed quickly. They've been promoted. They've got new projects. And so they're constantly in a state of growth, which equals imposter syndrome. And we'll talk more about this. I don't want to like spill the secrets, but imposter syndrome is a sign of success. You cannot feel imposter syndrome unless you're a wild success. So we're going to debunk all the things that you think are bad about imposter syndrome. And it means nothing about you. It just means that you're a wild success. So interesting, right? Because I think that it's uh, it can sometimes have a negative connotation. Before mm -hmm. we dive in any further, I'm curious who's in the room? Who, who's in the room? Let us know. Chime in on the poll here. And as we're waiting for that to kind of load up, I I want to talk about the the actual term or the phrase imposter syndrome. I feel like it's become kind of this this buzzword and maybe somewhat polarizing of a term. Yeah. Before we dive into um, this first piece, can you help me, us, the room? Uh, maybe find some other words that help us define like what is imposter syndrome? What is that feeling? How does it show yeah. up? And I like, I'm going to take a step back really quickly. Imposter syndrome was first defined, I think like in the seventies or eighties. So there were some researchers that were um, looking at this and they were noticing specifically around professional women that there was this thing that kept happening. And so they called it imposter syndrome. And later those same researchers said that they wished that they would have called it the imposter effect because it is not like a mental condition. It's not something you can be diagnosed with. It's a passing phase. So I thought yeah. that was super interesting. Like we give it all this weight. And I feel like you and I were kind of talking about this. Like it feels kind of buzzwordy. And I, on the one hand, I love that. I love that people are talking about imposter syndrome because when you talk about it, it normalizes it. And you're like, oh, yeah. you felt that too. Okay, maybe I'm not that different. But I also feel like there's almost like this negative connotation that's happening with it now of like, oh, well, you're just like using that as a cop-out almost in mm -hmm. a way. But I think it's really important to acknowledge that you have it and um, talk about it because when you talk about it, it normalizes it for other people. And also other people will start to share their stories with you. So even with how maybe buzzwordy imposter syndrome is, 
some people still don't totally understand what it is. So let me just like define it for you so that you can know if you have it or not. So imposter syndrome shows up in three different flavors. The first flavor is that you feel like a fraud. You feel like you're making all of this up. People are going to find out. They're going to like come in, shine the spotlight on you. and be like, we found you out. You're making all this up. You don't know what you're doing. <laughs> so yes. the first one is you feel like a fraud. The second one is you feel like you just got lucky. You were in the right place at the right time. And the people who put you in this position were temporarily incompetent. Usually the people who put you in the position are like too smart. And so you feel like a fraud because you're like, everybody around me is so smart and I'm not, Yes, but they had to be somehow incompetent when they put you in the position and they didn't know what they were doing. You just like, we're in the right place at the right time, right? Like it doesn't work, but like, that's how our brains are thinking about this. So then the third flavor of imposter syndrome, the first one is the fraud. The second one is you just got lucky. The third one is that you downplay your achievements. So you don't like let yourself take credit for all the hard work that you put in. You think um, anybody could have done what you did. It's like not that special what you did. Mm. And this one, my favorite example of this is somebody who literally got a PhD in rocket science and was like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Anybody could have done it. <laughs> like, no, that's yes. not how this works. I could but do I, that. <laughs> I also want to just like quickly comment on this one. With a lot of my clients, we talk about this and I'm like, yeah, probably other people could have done what you did. Mm. But I want to point out that not many people would have done what you did. So just like, just sit on that for a minute. So you feel like you feel like a fraud. You feel like you just got lucky or you downplay your achievements. Just it, it's funny that it's not even a word. It's one letter difference. The could versus the would. Yeah. A lot of people could do it, but they haven't they? or they, right. like, they, they don't want right? to go through like, all the effort that you put in. Like your right. achievements re- really mean something. Right. Exactly. I really love the three flavors. It's like picking out ice cream. Um, that res- it resonates with me quite a bit. Um, I'm curious in the room before we carry on conversation, which of these flavors resonates with you? I put one, two, and three in the chat. One is fraud. Two, you got lucky. Three, you're downplaying your achievements. <laughs> All of the above <laughs> at some point, right? At some point, was this something that uh, that mattered to you or something that impacted you? So as we're, I don't know, maybe James, this is what you're talking about here in the chat. But for me, I'm like, okay, we have all these people talking about it, sharing it. That's awesome. It's normalized. Now, how do I take away the negative connotation? How do I make it so it's not something um, that matters to me anymore. Can you talk about maybe some of the strategies? What are you using with people who you are um, coaching? Yeah. And I want to just take a step back for a second. There's another reason why people tend to feel the imposter syndrome and it's that they feel like the odd one out. So Mm. if everybody in the room looks different than you, is like, has different experience than you is aligned differently than you. You feel like the odd one out because your background is different from them maybe. And the thing that I hear so often, like a time and time again with my clients is they'll say, well, I don't have a traditional sales background. I didn't come from a traditional sales background. And when they say that, they'll say something like I came from a different industry, or I came from being a solutions engineer or something else. But 
what's so fascinating to me is like, there is not a traditional sales background. It does not exist. Yeah. So if you feel like that is the thing for you, then like you can just ignore it. Like nobody comes from a traditional sales background. There's no, there's not like a degree in sales period. So it's really interesting to look at that. But if you feel like the odd one out in some way, that is something that causes a lot of imposter syndrome because you feel like, well, I'm the only one that looks like me in this room. And like, I'm obviously not supposed to be here, Mm. but I, in sales, we're always talking about differentiation and how can you differentiate your product? What's different about it? And I think that the differentiation, even though it feels like it's ostracizing, it feels like you don't belong somehow. That is your superpower. The fact that you have the background that you have makes it so that you can sell in a very different way than other people. So I would just add that in. Um, So talking about imposter syndrome and how to overcome it, I always think about the analogy that I like to use is that it's kind of like you're swimming in a tuxedo, like top hat, dress shoes, full tuxedo, and you're trying to swim. Like the act of selling is not an easy act. It's, it's, it takes a lot of effort to sell just like swimming. Swimming takes effort, but you're kind of trying to do it with all this extra drag. And I don't know, I'm a, I swam in high school. So like, for me, it makes a lot of sense, but it's like, you're pulling this extra weight along with you that doesn't need to be there. And when you can kind of release imposter syndrome's hold on you, it frees you up to be able to do that motion of selling, which is still very difficult, but not have all that extra weight that's dragging you down. Yeah. Thinking about, I mean, like for me, it's like you falling in the pool in jeans, maybe. Yeah. (laughs) Right. It's like the most uncomfortable thing. Um, But when you're, when you're trying to release this, I think for me, it was this uh, concept that you had shared with, it's going to be there, right? It's, you know, you're going to experience it and maybe taking away the word syndrome has been really helpful, but thinking about like, everyone's experiencing this, how can we shift our mindset? Um, And how can we reframe what it looks like for ourselves and just be aware that it's a feeling, it's not a red light, stop everything you're doing. Um, kind of like that fight or flight feeling that we get when we're in a position where you need to make a decision. It can be a green light. Like how can we reframe how we feel when we get that immediate, like I shouldn't be here mm-hmm. and people are going to figure out that I'm a fraud. I'm pretending like, how do we reframe our vision of how we can use that feeling for a positive yeah. direction? So imposter syndrome is, first of all, a passing phase. Mm -hmm. Imposter syndrome cannot last. The only reason that imposter syndrome shows up is because you're learning a new skill. So I want everybody to think about, sorry, my throat's getting dry. I want everybody to think about the first time you cold called (laughs) or the first demo you did or the first whatever, like sales thing that you did. It was terrifying. And now if you've done that thing hundreds of times, it's no longer terrifying. You're no longer worried that you won't be able to make a cold call or send a cold email or do a demo. You've done it so many times you can show up and you don't really have to prepare. (coughs) Excuse me. So it's just a sign of learning a new skill. And Mm -hmm. as long as you keep on taking action, as long as you keep moving forward, you literally can't keep experiencing imposter syndrome. It's a passing phase. It's going to leave as soon as you feel confident that you can do that skill. Sorry, just a second. So temporary, but only as long as you're taking action. 
right. Well, if you, if you kind of cop out and you're like, this feels way too uncomfortable. I'm never making a cold call ever again. You'll still feel like an imposter about right. cold calling, but as right. long as you just keep trying it, eventually you're going to learn that skill and you're going to be able to do it. Imposter syndrome also is a sign of growth. You cannot experience imposter syndrome if you're complacent. It's really funny. I was actually having a conversation with some friends and she was telling me, the wife was telling me all about how she had all this imposter syndrome. She was at a new company, a new position. And her husband was like, yeah, I don't experience any of this. And I was like, how long have you been in your position? He's like six years. And I haven't really changed or grown. I'm like, that's why you don't experience imposter syndrome. You're mm. technically complacent in your career. And so what's really cool about the people that I work with is they're all achievers. They're all very driven. I'm sure the people who are on this call, like you're on this call because you want to grow, you want to learn, you want to achieve more. And because you're that kind of a person, you're constantly pushing yourself outside your comfort zone. And imposter syndrome only happens when you're feeling that discomfort of being in a growth phase. Mm -hmm. So like literally you cannot feel imposter syndrome if you are complacent. You only feel imposter syndrome because you're growing and you're learning new skills. And when I think about that, like I'm somebody who's very driven. I love to achieve. I love to grow. I love to feel like I'm developing. So whenever I feel that little like ooh imposter syndrome, I reframe it and I'm like, I'm in my sweet spot. Like this is exactly where I want to be. Complacency to me sounds like a disease that I never want to get. And so I know that if I'm feeling imposter syndrome, A, this is exactly where I want to be. I'm in my sweet spot. And B, it's not going to last. I'm going to keep trying this new skill that I'm doing. And pretty soon I'll be really comfortable at it. And I will like the imposter syndrome will just disappear, period. Yeah. The repetition and um, understanding of your role or whatever skill you're learning, cold call, net new to a company, whatever that is, like building that up, really interesting reframe and um, turning that into, like you said, your superpower. I like that a lot. We spoke um, earlier in the week and I really liked your idea of this self-concept and reflection on where we are, who you are. Tell me a little bit about what we do here whenever we're talking about like looking at our self-concept, up-leveling our self-concept. Mm -hmm. So um, this is the third bullet that we're talking about here. Your self-concept is what you think of yourself. And for a lot of us, that inner critic is just raging. <laughs> the inner critic is like, you're not good enough you're not cut out for this. You shouldn't be here. You just got lucky that you were here. It's really helpful to notice what are the thoughts that you're thinking about yourself. Mm. Like I, sometimes it's helpful to even just write them down on a piece of paper and then like also maybe crumple them up later. But like, <laughs> what are the thoughts that you have? Are you thinking like, mm, I'm just a procrastinator or I'm kind of lazy or I don't work that hard or um, I'm not, I'm not as good as the other people are. So like, like write a, out, like, what is your self-concept that you have right now? Yeah. And just take a look, just notice what those thoughts are. A lot of times what happens is when you write them out and see them, you're like, well, that's not even true. <laughs> but those right. thoughts are just rattling around in the back of your brain, like causing you a lot of stress. And so when you see them on paper, what happens is when you document them, your brain's like, okay, it's documented. So I don't have to ruminate about it anymore. A lot of the times just writing it down helps release it from your brain. So it's helpful first and foremost to figure out what is your current self-concept? What are the thoughts that you're thinking about yourself now? Subconsciously probably. Right. And then it's really helpful to decide what is the future self-concept? Like, what is it that you want to believe about yourself and yeah. where do you want to be? 
And you can, sometimes it's an easy jump to like, start believing those things like, oh, I am a hard worker. Like, look at all the work that I did to get here. Right. And you can start believing those things about yourself right now. And if you can't, we have a trick for you on what you can do. I think too, I mean, negative or positive where you are currently or what you think about yourself and where you want to go. Sometimes there's that self-fulfilling prophecy, right? What you're going to believe is going to be true. Is that, do you see that? Oh, 100%. So I teach my clients a a cycle that's the think, feel, act cycle. Hmm. So what you're thinking, like the thoughts that are going through your head and kind of what you're ruminating on causes the feelings that you feel. So if I'm thinking I'm not cut out for this, then I'm probably going to feel like that's going to create the emotion for me of like feeling like disappointed or deflated or not motivated. And when I'm feeling that way, my feelings are fuel for the action that I take. So nobody feels deflated and takes amazing action. Mm -hmm. If they do take amazing action, it's because they changed their thought. And their thought is something like, I think I can do this or like, it's going to be okay. Um, And then they feel more motivated and then they um, take better action. So I always teach my clients that it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Whatever you're thinking about, whatever you're focusing on creates your feelings, which creates your actions. And then your actions prove your original thought true. Like you don't take action. So you're like, sure enough, I wasn't cut out for it. Or you do take action. You're like, sure enough, I was good enough. Right. I could like sidebar on this for a while. So I, uh, you know, I won't take (laughs) us down this rabbit hole, but I think like, this is where that when, when we're in a rut and we're trying to get ourselves into that positive motion, you talked about taking action and that momentum behind us and how we can swing ourselves into action. Sometimes it takes a little bit more of a shove than a, you know, gentle push. Um, and then I just have to, we got to talk about this one because this one really hit hard for me. Step into character. I love how you you tell you you tell your clients and you you work with your clients on stepping into this character. Um, tell us tell us a little bit about that. I got some follow up questions. Yeah, <laughs> totally. So we always hear people say "fake it till you make it," and yes. I like agree and disagree with that. I think yes. that if you do it the right way, it's going to be really helpful. So I think I think a lot of people when they're trying to fake it till they make it, they feel like a fraud. It creates even more imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. But what I like to do is tell people to step into a new character. So now that you've got your self-concept written down of who you, what you already think about yourself kind of on default, let's make a list of who you want to be. I took a client through this exercise earlier this week and it was so much fun. So make a list of like who you want to be and you can create like an alter ego for this. You can create a different character for this. And I think what you're going to is, I'm so um, I was telling Leslie earlier this week that this is actually what Beyonce did. Love her or hate her. She's accomplished a lot. So um, Beyonce created the alter ego, Sasha Fierce, and she had an album named This is Sasha Fierce. And Sasha Fierce was this version of who she wanted to be, who Beyonce wanted to be. So anytime she needed to, she stepped into this alter ego of Sasha Fierce. And then eventually she had done it so much that that just became who she was. And so she retired the character Sasha Fierce because that was the next evolution of who Beyonce became. And so you can use this. Right. Isn't it so fun? It's huge. James James Clear also talks about this in his book, Atomic Habits. He talks about how the easiest way to change your habits is to change your identity. So after you've written down your current self-concept, write down what your future self-concept is. Maybe it's an alter ego. It's this character that you want to step in. 
what is this person like? What do they do? How do they think? How do they feel? And at any moment you can go be this alter ego and it's not faking it till you make it, but it's kind of like stepping into this new identity of who you want to be and behaving that way. I, I love this one to, to me, I think that that fake it till you make it. I think a lot of people, there is a lot of truth to that, right? Let me show up and act as if, and you hear all these different phrases that people um, kind of connect onto, but being able to have a character or put on, like for me, I've always called this putting on a hat. Uh, tell me in the chat, how many people, if you are at your sales kickoff or you're in the office or you are at a networking event, are you looking for the people that you know and you're finding them and you're going to hang out with them most of the night? Like for me, that was kind of, that. that's what I'm in hold to. I want to go see the people who I know and be with them. Anyone else like that? I have to give myself a very specific Troy <laughs> looking for a reason to go home. I have to give myself like this very specific set of things that I want to accomplish if I'm going to a networking event so that I don't just cling to one person so that I step out of my comfort zone. So I give myself like my alter ego. I say, I'm putting on my hat and I'm going to go do these three things. I'm going to go connect with three new people and learn something special about them and send them a message afterwards or whatever it is. But like this idea of, you know, even Beyonce did it. She had this alter ego. Tell me who's got an alter ego name that they are going to use. I feel like I need to go do some reflection and research on what my alter ego name is going to be. Do you have a name, Amber? <laughs> do you have a Sasha Fierce name? I don't have a name. My client was asking me about this. Mine typically... I have like different almost values or characteristics that I go for. Okay. Like what does like, what does a very firm Amber do? Or what does a very confident Amber do? Or what does, uh, there you go. Kaylee's already got Sasha Fierce. Um, what does someone who is, has great boundaries do, or what does someone who is Mm confident in their skills do, or someone who has a growth mindset do. So mine t- tend to not have actual names, max power. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> I'm like, I, uh, I really like that. I feel like I, I tried to go on a alter ego name generator and, uh, it came up and my new name was blank. I was like, well, guess I need to work on that. <laughs> so as you know, anyone you've comes got up, when- <laughs> Archie, yeah, we're going for it. it. Like as people come up, I want to hear your names. Give me your alter ego name. But I really like this idea of how do we play a part? So much of sales can be compared to that too. You need to step into this best version or this ideal version and and visualize yourself doing all of these things that you want to accomplish for yourself, for your clients, for your peers. Like how can we how can we put our arms around that? I really like yeah. that. A lot. So I think we've touched on this a little bit, but I really want to nail this home. Um, a lot of people feel, especially the people I talk to, feel like they don't have the confidence that they want. And confidence is really misunderstood. We kind of believe that confidence is this thing that either you have or you don't have. And that's actually not true at all. Yeah. Confidence is something almost that you earn. Confidence is something that you get through taking action. If I've never presented on a stage in front of 500 people before, then I'm not going to have the confidence that I can do that. But if I have done that 10, 20, 30 times, then I will have confidence. And by the way, 
I have to have taken the action and not died. <laughs> That's the key. <laughs> as long as I have Crucial. not died, right. Then I'll have confidence that I can do it again. Cause this is what your brain is always optimizing for. It's like, that's a risk. That's probably going to kill us. It's always looking for saber tooth tigers. It's mm. just, it doesn't understand what is a saber tooth tiger. It's like sending that email is going to kill me probably. So it doesn't totally understand. So you have to actually take that action and not die. And then your brain will be like, okay, we did that thing enough times and we haven't died yet. So we can move that to the approved list. Your brain no longer resists taking that action. This is like cold calling for a lot of people or right. doing demos for a lot of people or right. outreach, whatever it is. Like at first it felt very threatening. And then you did it so many times and didn't die that now you're like, oh, I have confidence that I can do this again. Mm. So I think the big misconception that I had for a long time is I felt like I needed to become like a robot and just be perfect and like be able to do all these things and make myself do them automatically. And I now have changed my mind. I think it's really helpful to change your mindset, reframe the way you think about things. But I think the best way to get the confidence that you're looking for is through action. Mm -hmm. I have a client right now that um, he has a tick chart and he his goal is to do the same skill 50 times because he knows by the time he does it 50 times, he'll have confidence that he can do it again. Yeah. And I think this is so helpful for anybody that's feeling imposter syndrome, that's feeling like they don't have confidence in these skills like make a chart for yourself, make like a, remember those rings that you like the paper rings that you can rip. Yes. Like when you get to the end of the paper chain, you'll have confidence that you can do that thing. It's like how many days until Disneyland, how many days until I'm going to have confidence in this skill. I like yes. it. I love a good countdown. Yes. <laughs> Big fan. <laughs> right. Give yourself a sticker um, chart. Every time you do it, gold. Star. Oh, a sticker chart. I like it. These are great. I, um, I think about this in terms of like, when we're, we're thinking about the, from a sales perspective and we're walking in and we're having these conversations, our own perspective on our fear or how we feel versus the person on the other side too. And I think that combining that confidence piece that we're feeling with what our prospects or our clients are seeing their version or their perception of us. Like I always um, do the centering, like I'll just like put my hand here for a minute like give like what's my intention for this call and then jump in. I don't know. Since I've been doing that, I feel like it's given me kind of like a physical grounding, mm. but combining these, like I'm going to step into my character. I'm going to do this skill so many times before I master it and move on. I think it's like this huge, just uh, having an end goal in mind, mm -hmm. having this vision of where I'm headed. And so it's not this unknown, scary, big feeling. And I don't know how long it's going to last. Yeah. The countdown I love chart, what the you're doing chart. with the centering because the centering. So you only can feel insecure when you're thinking about yourself, period. Yeah, That's what it is. Insecurity is thinking about yourself and worrying what they're thinking about you. Mm -hmm. If you are focused on the other person, you can't feel insecure. And so I don't know if you know this, but when you're doing Beautiful. that centering exercise and you're setting an intention for the call, you're thinking about the other person. Yeah. So you're turning off your insecurity by focusing on them and what you want to help them with. I love it. Huge, huge for prospecting. I feel like a lot of times we are worried about this next result, this next step. How can we focus on them instead? And then it's helping with all these other things we didn't even know. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. The same, it's like, picking up uh, when you're a kid and you're learning how to do anything, ride a bike, snowboard, and you fall, are you going to get back up and keep moving? Are you going to keep practicing the skill? Mm -hmm. So let's, um, as we're like kind of ending 
or nearing the end here in the next like 10, 15 minutes, I want to get to the the action items. What can we do right now today as a group on this call to take some of those next steps and to maybe overcome this together? Um, We have a few ideas here. I want to walk through each of them. Amber, can we start with uh, the post-it exercise you have? Yes. So um, when you are trying to change your mindset, you're trying to think differently about something. Hopefully something that we've said in this, in this webinar has helped break something loose for imposter syndrome for you. Hopefully you're not feeling like you're in the wrong place or like you don't fit in or you don't belong here, or you don't, you're not cut out for it. So hopefully it's shuck, like cracked something open and shaken. I got you. (laughs) You all know what I'm trying to say. Um, but it's really helpful to remind yourself of that. So get out post-it notes or get out whatever it is and put something in your space that you can visually see. If you can see it, that will help create the new neural pathway and reinforce this new belief that you have about yourself. So, um, I think we had some different ideas for these. Some of the ideas were like, um, I am cut out for this. When I feel imposter syndrome, it's a sign that I'm in my sweet spot. I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. Like have some kind of mantra for yourself that you can put in your space that you can see. I have them all over. I'm like looking at all yeah. of mine right now. My I laptop. Wrote, I'm in a growth phase after our conversation. I wrote, I'm in a growth phase. It's on my computer right here. Yes. I'm in a growth phase. I'd love to hear in the comments too. Oh, that's so good. Whitney, thank you. You're good oh, at this. Yeah. Like what are the mantras that you have for yourself to remind yourself that you're right where you need to be? And it's helpful to have a few that you can rotate through because sometimes <laughs> like some, some days I might believe like, yeah, I am good at this. And other days I'm like, that does not feel believable at all. So if you think like you're lying to yourself, through, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a few I that you can pick through. I really like that you say the visual piece of this and that it's creating a new neural pathway um, because so many times we're saying things out loud. You know, I I know a lot of people who do mantras in the morning, anyone like give me a one in the chat. If you're a mantra person and saying it out loud is committing this to memory and you're, you're having this conversation with yourself and it can be weird, but like seeing it in writing, it's doing another piece of this, taking it another, another step further, cementing it, changing our perspective. So like the, the fact that it's science and it's your brain that's creating Mm -hmm. this new neural pathway. I mean, having that visual, how many of you have a vision board? How many of you like that, just that process of having it in front of you and that helping you through the next step. There's a lot of science and power behind that. It's not just the feel good. You know, sometimes I hear that people think it's cheesy. (laughs) Yeah. And it can feel cheesy. So if it it feels cheesy, cheesy. Swap yeah. out your mantras, pick some new ones. I right. um, I don't tell a lot of people this, but I always create my goals and whatever mantras I want to repeat for myself. I have them on my desktop wallpaper mm-hmm. and I just create it in Canva and I keep them like down in the bottom corner so that I can see them even when my windows are open. Right. So that's another thing that's really helpful is like have them in your visual space so that you're creating those new neural pathways and believing those new things. Yeah. Phone Um, lock screen. I mean, how many areas can you have this in front of you on a daily basis? Right. People will like have reminders, um, like alarms that show up on their phone at different times that remind you of whatever it is you want to be thinking at that time. That's cool. That's a good one. I like Mm -hmm. it. What was our next section item? I'm trying to remember. Next one. Oh, I know. Let me, I, um, of course lost my screen share. I was just so excited about our (laughs) post-it notes. Um, Learning a new skill. We talked a little bit about this. Anything else you would add on top? I think same thing. When you are learning those new skills, like 
I, it's so helpful for me now because I have kids. And so mm-hmm. like my son will try to throw a ball in the basketball hoop and he'll miss and he'll be like, oh, I'm so bad at basketball. And I can see it so clearly. Like, of course, you're not bad at basketball. You've only just like practiced one time. The more you do it, the better you're going to get. And so when I see that for him, I'm like, this makes so much sense for me too. Like, I'm going to get better at my sales calls and I'm going to get better at this and that and this other thing. Like, I just need to do it more. So when you think about learning a new skill, literally, as long as you keep on trying, it's inevitable that you're going to be good at it. It's inevitable. There's no other option. You just have to keep going. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about me and the piano. We, uh, we've never seen eye to eye. Maybe I just need to reframe this. <laughs> um, I want to just, before we jump into the other two, if you have any questions, go ahead and pop them into the Q and a section, not the chat, but the Q and a section. And if there's questions that are in there that you're interested in hearing the answer to, upvote them. Um, we're going to leave a little bit of time here to answer the you know top questions with the most upvotes. So any questions you have, pop them into the Q&A section over there for me. So we, we also framed out what this self-concept exercise looks like. But if we're writing down what I think about myself right now mm-hmm. and where I want to go, what mm-hmm. advice do you have for me in like how much time am I spending? How much thought am I putting into this? How I mean, much detail do, do you in, want? You can do it in five minutes. Like please don't become a perfectionist about it. And like it has to be done right. So I have to make sure I have a lot of time. Like grab a napkin, grab a piece of scratch paper and just like scribble it out. I would say one thing that's really helpful is when you do this exercise, you're going to start to notice the values that you have. I want to be somebody who's confident. I want to be somebody who's on top of things. I want to be somebody who um, is very kind and present with people. So you're going to start to see those values pop up. And it's really helpful to to define how will you know that you're living that? Mm -hmm. Like, what is your definition of being present? Or what is your definition of being kind? Because you'll be like, I want to be that, but it's not super clear to our brains. Like what, what does that actually look like? When do I know that I can check that box? Like measurement wise, like exactly what's what's the outcome? Right. So it's like the Mm -hmm. difference between saying like, I want to get in shape, which is kind of like out there. Cool. Like I'm in (laughs) shape right now. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) What shape are we talking? Yeah, exactly. Versus I'm going to do 25 workouts. So like when will you know that you can check the box? It's helpful to just define that for yourself. So that like, if you're, if you say like, I'm somebody who invests in my relationships, well, what does, and it, you, what does that, what is your definition of investing in relationships? What's it can be different mean? for everybody. Right. Maybe it's for you. It's reaching out to a friend once a week. So when you do that, you know, like, Hey, I'm living up to that value that I care about. I want to drop um, really quick and Ludwig, maybe this will, will help you too. And I, I started, we talked about James Clear Atomic Habits earlier in our conversation. Um, in the beginning of January, and actually the newsletter is phenomenal. Um, it comes out on Thursday. So it was it was just here today. But James Clear launched this 30 days um, step-by-step guide to forming habits that stick with you. I just linked it in the chat, but it talks about this, not so much in terms of yourself. I think you could apply the same exercise to what you're talking about here with the self-concept. It's talking about if you have a goal and switch that to a value that you're looking to implement, um, being able to line that up with outcomes instead of just a, 
I think as salespeople, we're sitting here and we're we're going through. Here's my here's my quota. Here's how many calls I need to make in a day. Here's these metrics, and we're so driven by numbers and metrics and success and what we tie that to. How can we implement that in a way that will help drive our own self growth and our own self improvement? And that really helped me. That thirty days, I'm about halfway through from when I signed up. It's not like every consecutive day, but there's workbooks and it's really cool. Um, cool. I know. <laughs> Sound like I'm selling James Clear books. Maybe I should get you an really affiliate are. code. <laughs> if this hosting thing doesn't work out for you, you're great. Right. Yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> and then you're, the last one on the list was the alter ego. Anything last minute there you want to add before we jump into some questions? Um, I think the alter ego is clear. There is one more thing that we didn't quite cover that I want to yeah. just like bring home for the imposter syndrome. So yeah. I like to compare our mental growth to our physical growth. Mm. And I think what's so interesting is if you imagine that you start a new workout, you sign up for a new gym, you're like going to try one of these new fangled workouts. The first few days after you come home, <laughs> there's always a new one, right? I was like, always. what is that? Always. <laughs> um, so the first few days after you come home from your new workouts, you feel really sore and yeah soreness is very uncomfortable. And we don't look at that soreness and feel like, man, this is not working. I'm not cut out for this. I'm Mm -hmm. not supposed to be here. Mm -hmm. We look at that soreness as like, wow, it's working. I put in a lot of work. I've got sore muscles to prove that this is working. And I want everybody to think about imposter syndrome in the exact same way. When you feel that discomfort, it's not comfortable by any means, but it's a sign that you're growing. It's a sign that it's working. And for myself, when I like being an entrepreneur, I've experienced even more imposter syndrome than I did in my corporate career. And every new skill that I'm learning, feels so uncomfortable. And it used to just like sink me. It was like that weight, like pulling me to the bottom of the pool. And now I notice it and I'm like, Oh, I'm feeling some imposter syndrome. I'm learning. Cool. Cool. This is a, this is a sign that I'm in my sweet spot. And the imposter mm. syndrome lasts for a couple of days instead of like weeks or months or <laughs> years, right? It's like, years. oh, cool. It's here. I feel sore. This is going to go away. This means it's working. Yeah. You're like party. I'm going to celebrate now. Yeah. Beautifully, beautifully put. Let's rapid fire through um, the questions in the in the Q&A here. And, uh, and then we'll tell everyone how they can connect with you. What is your advice for people who are hesitant to apply for a new, more senior role due to feeling underqualified, potential imposter anxiety comes from Sean. I definitely say apply for the job. Like yes. put yourself in that position, apply for the job. I think it's so helpful to give yourself the opportunity, whether or not you take it. Like just give yourself the opportunity. You might change your night your idea your mind later and decide you don't want to do it, but like, why not? Why not give yourself more options? I love it. I love it. Do it. Go for and it. Everybody Push who's ever like, here's what I always think about too. Like anybody who's switched jobs, especially if you've ever become a manager for the first time, you, you were really good. Yeah, as you've never done it become, before. Yeah. Nobody knows how to do it. Nobody's like born no. knowing how to be a manager. Every single person has to learn. And so yes. I, there was, a, there's a quote I really like by Ricky Gervais. He's like, the best advice I ever got is that everybody else is also making it up. Everybody else who's ever been in that senior role also had to learn it. Like you can too. 100%. Okay. Troy asks, how do you pause worries, insecurities related to imposter syndrome when you just want to sleep and tackle it in the morning? For me, it's like, I want to go hide under the table sometimes. Yeah. I feel you. My 
um, my current tactic is going for a walk. If Mm. you can get both sides of your body going, there's a lot of studies that talk about it activates both sides of your brain so that the, the feeling isn't just stuck in the emotional side of your brain. It activates your logical side of your brain as well. So walking helps release the tension. It helps you to see things more clearly. It also helps activate both sides of your brain so that it feels less emotional. Mm -hmm. So it can be walking. It can be dancing. It can be coloring. Actually coloring is like very rhythmic and like helps you to kind of like release some of that extra tension. Any kind of mindfulness practice is really helpful for this as well, but getting yourself out of the, like for me, it's like, I have to get out of like sitting behind my screen space. Yeah. Go for a walk. I know that my nervous system will be like a lot more calmed down. Yeah. That's great. Okay. Last one really quick. Uh, Courtney says, I feel like a lot of this comes from comparison. Yes. Comparison, the thief of joy. How can we stop comparing our chapter one to someone else's chapter 23? Um, I just want to comment Troy said cycling, which he's totally right. That's another like both says your body, very rhythmic. Um, the comparison piece, what's been really, really helpful for me is comparing myself to my past self. I am going for my personal best. And that's what I always have to remind myself of. If I compare myself to my past self and I'm like, wow, you're really crushing it. And if I think about like, how can I be better tomorrow than I was today? Or how can I be better today than I was yesterday? That's what really helps. Cause I'm also very competitive. Like I want to compete with people, but I, it helps if I just compete with myself. Amber, I just stuck your links in the chat here for your website and your LinkedIn Um, thank you so, so much for sharing your wealth of knowledge and experience with us today and helping us to all take some steps in gaining some of that confidence. Any last minute, anything that you want to add in for everyone who's listening in? Um, The only other thing I'll say is I have a free course for anybody who feels like they have imposter syndrome and wants to learn more. I've put everything in recording for you. It's totally free. You can go to my website, amberdibert.com slash free course, and you can get that. It's also linked on my um, LinkedIn. I love it. I love it. Thank you again so much. And having free resources out there, another way to level up, another way to feel confident moving into this year now that is February. Um, Thanks for joining us as always. Check out our website um, and, and come hang out with us too. We will see you on the show tomorrow. Take care, everyone.